had a little giggle to myself, actually, before I started recording this, because I thought, I wonder if this episode, this part of the comparison episode will be as good as the first one. And then I was like, that's really ironic, Fliss, because you're actually comparing episodes of a comparison podcast. Funny. Uh, But it just shows you, doesn't it, how it just wheedles its way slyly into our lives. Um, I hope you are all doing well. Um, And I hope that you are comfortable, however you are listening to this today, whether your comfort zone is on a nice warm snuggly sofa or your comfort zone is out jogging or your comfort zone is chatting to your cat. Hello friends and thank you for joining me for the Way Forward podcast brought to you by me, Fliss Goldsmith and Co-Design Coaching, where we create your optimal life together. Hey everybody and welcome to part two of the Way Forward podcast all about comparison. I had a little giggle to myself actually before I started recording this because I thought, I wonder if this episode, this part of the comparison episode will be as good as the first one. And then I was like, that's really ironic, Fliss, because you're actually comparing episodes of a comparison podcast. Funny. Uh, But it just shows you, doesn't it, how it just wheedles its way slyly into our lives. Um, I hope you are all doing well. Um, And I hope that you are comfortable however you are listening to this today, whether your comfort zone is on a nice warm snuggly sofa or your comfort zone is out jogging or your comfort zone is chatting to your cat. I have to say I get a lot of joy out of chatting to my cat, Um, but that's just me. Um, So yeah, make yourself comfortable. Give yourself this time to really absorb what I'm going to tell you about comparison today. That's what I want from this. I want this to be absorbed into you so that you can take it forward and really support your emotional and mental wellness so that your life is more easeful and more joyful. So just want to recap a little bit on episode one. We talked in episode one about how comparison is a totally natural part of being human We talked about the emotions that were quite negative that it could bring up. So we looked at envy and jealousy and the fact that they are quite similar, but that we often use them interchangeably and incorrectly. So we were going to commit to using those correctly and noting where we weren't. Um, We looked at resentment and how we resent people Um, And why we resent people and the fact that that comes down to not knowing our core values, not setting our boundaries and in that quest, that inevitable quest for meaningful connection, um, betraying ourselves and allowing others to betray us. And we were looking for where that was showing up. Um, and we looked at schadenfreude, you know, the joy at others' misfortune and the fact that 
That was a quest again for meaningful connection, but actually all it did was give you a very baseless connection to other people. Um, and we were going to note any time that we felt that and forgive ourselves and celebrate the fact that we had noticed. So I hope you've been doing all of that. But if you haven't, if you know you're listening to these two episodes back to back, or if life has just got busy, because it does, um, go back to episode one and really commit to putting those things into practice. Because you can't start to remedy the issues that comparison brings up until you have committed to getting curious and doing the discovery. You need to chip away at what's already there, what's presently happening, before you can get anywhere near to creating what you want to happen. All right, so that set the scene. You're comfortable in whatever your comfort zone is. Um, your cat's ready if you have a cat. I also love dogs too, you know, I'm, I'm not, not against the canines. Um, so whatever, whatever you need is there. And today we're going to look at the beneficial part of comparison, the joyful part. And that, that sounds a bit like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Like comparison can be good. Has Fliss, like, is she reading this right? Yes, I am. Comparison can be beneficial in parts and it can lead to some joyful emotions and I'm going to explain just where those jigsaw pieces fit into the bigger picture of our lives. So I spoke about schadenfreude which is the joy at others misfortune. But schadenfreude has an exact opposite and it is called freude freude um, which basically means the joy of joy. Um, I just think that is the most gorgeous word. The Germans are really good at having these really literal explanations for words and words that we don't always have in the English language. And I adore the English language. You know, I'm obsessed with language, literacy, everything. It's beautiful. I love the English language. But I think emotionally, we're quite a stunted language in some ways because there are certain feelings that we just don't have words for. But that's fine, you know, because like the 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 good people we are, we'll we'll just steal them. Uh, no, I don't find it as I don't see it as stealing, sorry. I see it as, you know, saying to the German language, you know, you inspire us. We're gonna use your words. Um so yeah, Freude, Freude. What does this feel like? Well Basically, it's where you find yourself in a comparison with others and you respond with joy. You respond with joy and celebration. And so let's think about that. Let's think about somebody at work getting a promotion. And it may be a job that you would have liked to go for yourself. Or maybe it wasn't. It doesn't really matter. The comparator within us can sometimes go to that place of, oh, well, they got a promotion and, you know, oh, I haven't had a promotion in five years. I mean, you know, look at them flying up the ladder. And often we put ourselves down with comparison and, and it provides us with a very negative lens. But what if what if you were genuinely really happy for that person? What if you were like, 
Do you know what, Helen? Go you. You are incredible. You went for that job, you wanted that job, and you got that job. You got that promotion. I am genuinely pleased for you. That's Freude Freude. That's that feeling of celebrating each other. And there's a beautiful analogy of this, and it's from um, an American female football player um, whose name escapes me, so please do forgive me. If I can remember it and find it, I'll pop it in the show notes. Um, And she was a striker, and she obviously got to celebrate a lot when she scored goals. She was a very, very prolific um, footballer, very talented lady. And... um, she noticed that, you know, it was always the goal scorers who got the celebration. You know, they were the ones that were celebrating um, more than the other teammates because it was the goal that was the end result that people celebrated. And she said, you know, you can't always be the goal scorer. But if you're not, you better be running towards her, ready to give her a hug. So think of that on the football pitch. If you're not the goal scorer, you better be running towards her, ready to give her a hug. And she ensured that if she didn't score the goal, she would be the person running towards the person who was. And she made sure that everybody in her team, whatever they did that was amazing, she was rushing towards them either metaphorically or with, you know, a pat on the back, a verbal celebration, a a pep talk, whatever. And I love that analogy that it might not always be you that is the person who's getting the great thing. But if you're there to celebrate others, you know, you can derive a joyful feeling from that genuinely. And that actually uplifts your emotional wellness. And your time will come. Your goal will be scored. It might not be the same goal, but you will be achieving things. You will be worth celebrating. And you will build a team of people around you, a circle of friends, a family, a colleague network, whatever, that is ready to celebrate you because they know that your values are built on Freude Freude, that you are there ready to celebrate and rejoice with them and they will do the same for you. So I would love it if we could invite more Freude Freude into our life, because actually, here's something rather lovely. The more Freude Freude you invite into your life, the less schadenfreude that can exist. Let's give it a try. Let's try and literally squeeze out the schadenfreude by celebrating other people. Give it a try. Promise you, it's great and it works and life is just a whole heap better. Um, and and the other two things that I want to just touch on before I go into giving you those tips around comparison that I kept promising you, like the little minx that I am all the way through the first episode. Shoy and braggitude. Now, these sound like words that my kids might say, and I would think, I'm sorry, what now? But, uh, you know, uh, what are these words? Because, you know, I'm 40. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, street level with the kids anymore. I don't know what they're talking about sometimes. But these are actually new words, neo words in the emotional wellness sphere. So shoy obviously comes from joy and sharing. 
And so it's kind of the baby of Freude Freude. It is the physical and metaphorical act of sharing that joy and success. And that comes through not just going, woohoo, Helen, you got promoted. Here's a cake. Yay. It's that genuine interest afterwards. Oh my gosh, so what are you going to be doing in this new role? How did it feel when you found out that you got the new role? Is there anything I can do supporting you going forward? That's shoy. That is the, the birth child of Freude, Freude. And when we start to show shoy, tripping over my sh there, show shoy, when we show shoy to other people, we are cultivating those meaningful connections. We are finding our shared values and we're making the connections that are going to last, that are real, that are nourishing to our emotional and mental wellness and to our lives. And then braggitude, which I kind of want on a t-shirt or a hoodie, like, you know, I got braggitude. Listening to myself say that is embarrassing. But no, braggitude is using your gratitude to spread the success and the joy. So it comes from bragging and gratitude. So your genuine gratitude for that person in your life, Helen, let's use you again. Um, let's let's brag about Helen and everything that she's done to other people because I'm so grateful for her presence in my life. So, you know, oh, mum, you know, you'll never guess what happened. Um, uh, you know, Helen at work, who I always talk about, she got promoted. She wanted this new job and she went for it. And it is, you know, she so deserves it. She's worked so hard and it's great to see her getting recognised. That's braggitude. So go brag about someone else today, about someone else's joy, success, accomplishments, Go and do that and see how that feels. Because when you do that to someone, you do a couple of things. Not only do you cement in yourself your own values and your gratitude, and we know, we know all about how much gratitude is a mindset game changer for emotional wellness. You ensure that you are checking in with your values and your gratitude and strengthening that relationship with yourself. You're also subconsciously cementing the relationship and the value of that that you have with Helen, but also the positive give-off in your braggitude about somebody else in your conversation with your mum, for example, is going to brush off on her. And she might then think, oh yeah, that, isn't that lovely that, you know, Fliss is telling me all about Helen's promotion. And maybe she'll go off into her life and see her friend Sharon over coffee and try a bit of braggitude herself. And subconsciously, all of these little connections, these neural pathways, this enhanced emotional wellness is taking place simply by you changing the direction of that comparison lens. You've compared yourself. Helen, yeah, she's got a better job than you. You compared, but you didn't go to the negative space. You compared to a different place. You thought, Look at that aspiration. Isn't that a great thing in someone that I care about? So try a little bit of shoy. Try a little bit of braggitude and shut out that schadenfreude because your meaningful connections 
are going to grow and grow and grow. Right, it is time for me to get into the tips because I keep telling you that they're there and it's now time for me to throw open the doors on them. So we've done the work. We're noticing the things that are coming up as comparison. We're challenging our language and literacy around them. We are working to identify where we go when we compare. And we are going to try to flip the lens on how we view and practice our comparison. So here are my six top tips to ensure a healthier relationship with comparison in your life. Number one, accept and acknowledge. Acknowledge, comparison is natural. It's going to happen. You can kick and you can fight and you can do all of the things that you want to get rid of comparing, but you never will because it is impossible in the human evolution to ask our brains not to compare. So acknowledge that and then accept it. And I know those two things are not the same. I know accepting something is harder than acknowledging it. I acknowledge that I am never, ever going to marry Kevin from the Backstreet Boys. Do I accept it? Well, that's tougher. I mean, you know, I did marry, you know, the best husband in the world. And if he's listening to this, no, I know you you did pay me a five. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did marry the best husband in the world. Shannon, shout out to you. You are amazing. Um, but my point is that knowing something and accepting something are different. And on a serious note, how do we accept something? We get really familiar with it. We get really familiar with the fact that comparison is natural. We are going to do it. Talk about it. Talk about it in conversation to friends. Journal about it. Write notes about it to yourself. Put it on a vision board. You know, anything that you can do to make it part of your usual everyday will help you accept that that is the reality. Number two, remember that you get to choose how you respond. I said that the bad news was that we were neurotypically... um, designed to compare. And that is true. But the good news is, is that you get to choose how you respond. So keep reminding yourself, I get to choose my response. That takes a little bit of rupture and repair um, in your relationships with comparison. So what I mean by that is you're going to physically have to stop yourself when you notice a comparison. You're going to have to disrupt that conversation with yourself or with another person, and you're going to have to repair it in a new way. So rather than having a situation happen where you naturally will go for envy, maybe it's time to disrupt that and go for something different. See if you can try a little bit of Freudenfreude or Scheu or Bragitude. Try those things. It's not going to work every time. It's not going to work first time. But like anything worth doing, it takes time, patience and practice. And I tell you, this is absolutely worth doing because it will change every single area of your life. Number three, get really curious about what you're feeling and how it's showing up and name it. 
Emotions are a physical and mental sensation. Um, sometimes we'll be feeling an emotion and we won't know it. I've got very good at noticing emotions showing up as somatic pain. So, the, you know, pain within the body. Um, if my left shoulder is hurting a lot, because that's kind of where a lot of my pain tends to reside there and in my neck. Um, if I'm getting a lot of pain there and it's not because I've been sat stiff in one position or one of my immune conditions is flaring up, I will go to question what emotion is hiding under that pain. And if I do a little bit of digging, sure as anything, I'll be able to find the fact that usually something like jealousy, envy, resentment is hiding there. And then I can think, okay, if it's one of those, then it's likely connected to a comparison I've made, probably not even noticed that I've made. And then you get curious and you start to unpick the scenario, look at what the comparison was, why it's showing up in that way. And then we name it. Okay, so I'm feeling resentment. I resented that person because they didn't stand up for me in that meeting. Okay, I'm resenting that person because they are wearing a beautiful suit, which must have cost, you know, hundreds of pounds. And I, you know, shop at TK Maxx, whatever. No, I'm not doing TK Maxx down. I love TK Maxx. I'm just, you know, I'm just using it as a comparison. Do you see what I did there? Um, we name it. And once we've named it, we can work through that. Number four, ask yourself, is it something about them or is it something about you? There are times in life when it is them and it just is. But I would say 90 95% of the time, and that is not a research statistic or data, that is just a feel statistic, which isn't a statistic at all, a feel metric. Uh, I would say 95% of the time, it's about ourselves. That comparison is a mirror, and it's, it's reflecting something that we feel either lacks or is out of line within us. And when we lack or have something misaligned with us, it is usually because we are not being true to our core values. And that's because most people don't know what their core values are. You have to do a lot of work with a skilled coach or therapist in order to know what your core values are. Core values are the underpinning of everything that can make your life more easeful, aligned, joyful, thankful, your relationship stronger. And I think the one thing that everybody should do in their life is get to know your core values, because once you do, you can set your boundaries, you can hold your boundaries, and you can move in ways you never thought possible. Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting on my soapbox here. I'm so passionate about people getting to know their core values because that is the game changer in every single client I've worked with, in every single organization I have worked with. When we know our core values, life just changes for the better in every single direction from health to money to relationships to satisfaction to work, everything. Number five. Practice that self-compassion. Give yourself a big old hug. Being in this process is tough, but you're being vulnerable and courageous, and that's massive. I have a little picture by my bed of me when I'm about seven years old, 
And if ever I'm going through a tough process or working really hard to get through some difficult emotional stuff, I look at her and I and I think, I'm doing this for you because I love you, because you deserve to live the best life. I don't want you to live a half life. I don't want you to live a life full of difficulty and tragedy and hard work and hatefulness and poor health. I want you to live in the best way possible because you get one of these things called life, one precious life. So seven-year-old Fliss, this is for you. And I imagine hugging myself and knowing that just by being in this process, I'm doing a really brave, vulnerable, courageous thing. And I might, you know, give myself a nap in the afternoon as a little a little reward or make a hot water bottle and put some beautiful music on or tell myself I don't need to clean the bathroom today. It can wait till tomorrow. Be compassionate with yourself. And the final one is to absolutely rush towards the Freudenfreude. Celebrate others, those that you care for, and champion them. Cheer them on. Do the same for yourself. Share the joy of others with other people. Get really curious and interested in other people's successes and joys and achievements. Show more joy. Get in there with bragitude and allow the Freude Freude, the joy of joyfulness, the joy of success to be the leading light because that kind of comparison is actually healthy, is really, really beautiful and nourishing and beneficial and will ensure that you make meaningful, lasting connections in your life that are going to be there, that are going to last and support and nurture you, your values, the way you feel about yourself, the strength that you have, and it will stop you putting yourself down, feeling like a failure, comparing yourself in a negative way to other people. So really, really lean into that. It isn't easy to start with, but journal about it, talk about it, talk to me about it. You know, I'm constantly telling people I love, I love connection. Um, my email address is hello at flissgoldsmith.com. Send me an email. Go to at co-design with Fliss uh, on Instagram or Facebook and send me a message and open up on these conversations because I will always have time for you. I will always have time for you. So that is it for today. And I hope that by putting comparison under the co-design microscope over these two episodes, it's really helped you to feel empowered to get that support on your own emotional and mental wellness. And if you're feeling now, after everything I've said, that you're ready to take that leap to find out what your core values are, to lay the groundwork to support the uplift in your emotional and mental wellness, if you're ready for that, then make sure you go over to my website now, which is codesignwithfliss.com and send me a message, email me, direct message me, and let's start creating the optimal life, the one precious life that you deserve to live so authentically. 
I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you.